0: And as the people were in expectation, and all men mused, questioned, in their hearts of John, whether he were the Christ, or not, John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water. But one mitre than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Whose fan winnowing fan, is in his hand, and he will thoroughly perch his floor, threshing floor, and will gather the wheat into his garner, barn, but the chaff he will burn with fire unquenchable. Luke 315 17 I want to remind of you of a little of John's own journey to the kingdom, he had been filled with the Holy Ghost while still inside his mother's womb, he had also spent his life up to the point of his ministry in preparation for that ministry and everything he did was unheard of in his time. He was so different and taught so differently that those who heard him wondered who he could possibly be. And also those of the enemy who hoped that he was not who they were afraid he might be. Now that was almost a tongue twister. We are told that the people were expecting, they were in that mindset, no one knew exactly what to expect but they knew something major was on the horizon. Imagine what thoughts were going through their minds when John answered them that he was not even worthy to touch the shoes of the one that they should be expecting and imagine the confusion and fear they must have surely felt when he informed them that they would receive a holy baptism, a baptism of the Holy Ghost in fire. Do you think they understood any of this? Maybe some, the Lord certainly could have quickened hearts to that understanding, but most would have been a little fearful, at the very least by these statements. The Holy Ghost is who takes us from death into life, it is God changing us by truly giving us His Spirit, that is why we should never get caught up in the waiting until we can live it. deception that prevents so many from accepting Jesus. We can't change and we can't live it, that is why He gives us His Spirit because He strengthens us from the inside out, so that we can overcome all those things that are impossible for humans, and thankfully, that includes overcoming death and hell, as he overcame them for us. And it is as that water that the Spirit and Bride are urging whosoever will to come, to take that water freely. We must have that, we must have the Spirit of God or we will not enter into his kingdom. Romans 8 8 8-11, So they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that Spirit of God dwells, lives in you now if any man have not the spirit of christ he is none of his and if christ be in you the body is dead because of sin but the spirit is life because of righteousness but if the spirit of him that raised up jesus from the dead dwell in you he that raised up christ from the dead shall also quicken give life to your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwelt in you it is as that fan john spoke of That winnowing fan that is used to blow the chaff away from the wheat it frees the wheat from the dirt and useless particles that get stuck to it in the growing process again some serious symbolism in that also now think about the day of pentecost recorded in acts 2 1-4 and the day of pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord purpose of mind in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven, divided, tongues like as of fire, and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, languages, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Once again we are seeing the need for that unity, but more for the point of this subject, we see that the Spirit came suddenly in a sound as rushing wind and the fire sitting upon them, them being filled with his Holy Ghost and his fire. As His blood washes us as we are forgiven for our sins, all these work as part of the process that cleans the wheat from all the things of the world and purifies us for the kingdom. Fire is usually associated with pain and destruction but with God, who is a consuming fire, it is part of our hearts being purified, as gold in a furnace and as fire consumed the offerings that had been accepted. And think about the very life force that God breathed into us, perfect temperature but once that life is over we grow stone cold and we also need that spiritual fire in our souls to be fully alive in him. All believers are given the Holy Spirit to lead them and guide them once they accept Christ but the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost is so essential and such a completely different experience, just as that experience was described in the book of Acts. All these were saved, but God endued them with this power, his power to bring forth those miracles and signs that birthed the early church. I do truly understand that the teachings that this was only for that period of time, but I promise you, that teaching is quite mistaken and we need a revival of the fire baptism and the Holy Ghost now more than we ever have in history. His anointing is what will break those yokes of bondage and it is what allows believers to live out their faith, they have assurance, assurance that they have felt that there truly is so much more than this world. But I am sure it sounded scary for them when John preached it but as John was sent to prepare hearts of that time, and maybe it still sounds scary to those who have never surrendered to him. But it is not painful but certainly can be felt, it is beautiful as God would never harm his children. I am sure all this and the apocalypse and earthy rain are all terrifying also to those we are being sent to this day. Never think it doesn't scare me, something would be truly messed up if a person did not fear it but if you serve Christ, he doesn't want you to be afraid, only ready. But refusing to tell them or to even acknowledge that all these events will and must come to pass is really not accomplishing anything. And this is why Jesus warned us to pay close attention and not let these things come upon us aware. They are not getting saved, they are not being prepared, any ever question why so many repented under John? Maybe because he actually did preach things yet to come. We let so many things interfere with our responsibilities to Christ and to the kingdom. So many megachurches packed with thousands and thousands of people and yet content not knowing whether or not these people have truly accepted Christ. Content that just by being there it will sink in and they will be saved, but what is it doesn't just sink in? What if they are taking for granted that since no one is saying otherwise they must be okay? Because if their souls was in danger, surely someone would say something, wouldn't they? The Bible asks us a very good question, how can they hear without a preacher? But our problem now is how can they repent if the preachers refuse to preach this refusal to preach hell brimstone and repentance is what has brought us to the era of pagan palaces that are calling themselves true churches of god and allowing absolute abominations to god in condoning allowing and outright celebrating practices that are anything but godly we always want the other guy to say something do something stand for something and in the end no one is standing for anything so with the last commission of the Gospel the Bible gives, we are all being told exactly what we are to do. Because just as He sent those before to lessen that fear and encourage them and warn them to salvation, as the Bride of Christ we also are sent with a very clear message. Let's review it one more time, Revelation twenty-two, seventeen: 17, The Spirit and the Bride, say, Come. And let him that heareth, say, Come. And let him that is athirst, seeking, Come and whosoever will let him take of the water of life freely. As far back as the fall of Adam, God has said come, the Bible even says of Jesus, the Lamb who was slain before the foundations of the world deliverance and salvation are a constant thread through the Old Testament, in preparing the world for that reconciliation back to God in its truest sense. Jesus encouraged all to come to him, the Comforter was sent, so we know the Spirit wants people saved. As the body of Christ, the Bride of Christ, we had better want people saved, Our voice individually and as a collective church body the world over, should be in unison with the Spirit, in our prayers and in beckoning come. Notice also, it is not just one denomination, or group, or nationality. To the best of my ability and understanding, in the book of Revelation chapters 2 and 3 combined, seven times in his message to the seven churches, Jesus tells us this, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. This explains why often we hear a message and then hear a similar message somewhere else or on television, because we are all one church and it is one Spirit over us. So with our verse, the Spirit is the first voice and joined with the bride have both given the invitation. The second group is those who have heard what the Spirit has said and they are also to send out that wedding invitation to tell them simply, come. The third group is those who are seeking, maybe they have been on the fence off the fence, unsure as to what they really believe, But thirsty, desiring something that will give them refreshing relief, they are told to come. Meaning seek no more, come where you may. And the fourth group is a net that spans all of the earth, Whosoever will, rich, poor, young, old, former pagan cult member, former atheist, whosoever. Anyone. Anyone who has chosen to believe and accept Christ and the water of life freely as the wedding bells begin to toll. It is salvation, free and clear, point blank. Next time, Lord Will, part number three, we'll look a little closer at that water, we'll discuss the behavior expected from those invited and most importantly the wardrobe the king has provided and commanded the guests to wear.